With the NBA Finals around the corner, you can bet with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get a no-sweat bet up to $1,500 if your first bet doesn't hit. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. One no-sweat bet per new customer. Issued as one bonus. Bonus bet based on amount of initial losing bet. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Life, pal. Rapid Jose. Cigar? I see him. Jose. I'm right here. You can't. Can you guys hear me now? <laughs> now we hear you. Now. Well, I was like doing the intro and then all of a sudden it said I was muted and then I disappeared. <laughs> and I have no idea what happened. Anyway, the wonders of live television. You want to be the A side to close out 2020 if you're going to have technical difficulties already. Anyway, I am, of course, your host, Jose Youngs here at MMAFighting.com here for the final episode of the A side live chat of this ill fated year 2020. So, because it's the last year, we decided to do one giant-sized episode of the A-Side. Joining us this week, I'll start at the bottom. Mike, first, a few questions. How's Christmas? How's the little Christmas one's is good. Christmas? How's the little one's Christmas? Excellent. So he was good. And how's the weather in miserable, cold, rainy New England? Uh, I think you checked off a lot of those boxes. It is cold. It is windy. It feels every bit of winter as you would expect it to be. But next week, it's supposed to be like in the 40s, maybe even low 50s all week around here. So who knows? Classic New England week and New England weather. You just never know. Yeah, I talked to my dad on Christmas and he was explaining the flood warnings to me as a cat runs across Alex's screen. Yeah, he was explaining the flood (laughs) warning because it snowed, rained, blah, blah, blah. I don't I don't wish those days upon anyone but anyway alex and casey how's life in what do you call it locked down california i don't know oh see he's got an esther running in his background yeah <laughs> chaos over here <laughs> no we had a great rainstorm a few days ago and i was like pj and i like canceled i mean whatever plans we had to 
I don't know, go work out or whatever, ordered a pizza, enjoyed it fully. I was like, God, I, I can't believe how much I missed like a proper rainy day. It was amazing. Was that the, was that your first rain day of Southern California? Yeah. Well, okay. It rained the day we moved in April and I don't think it's rained since. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. I'm from Texas. So like, I mean, I'm used to these, I mean, I was used to these giant thunderstorms, but after you live in LA for like a month, if it's drizzles, yeah. you know, you hide. Yeah. Like, yeah. Nothing, nothing happens. Like the city shuts down. Cars are slipping and sliding everywhere. We were like, like uh, it's madness. When, when- driving. I don't know. Okay, so I'm from Chicago, I'm from a big city. I'm used to driving in chaos, but the drivers in California, like, do they take drivers out here? I am. No. No. What the when heck I moved, was when, here? when I moved to Los Angeles in 2016, it was a lightning storm the day I was moving. So, like, when I was yeah. unloading everything, it was lightning and rain. And there were two car accidents outside my new apartment at the time. And I was like, the LA is great. I was told it's always sunny. I was told dry, it's bad traffic. And all I've seen is rain and car crashes in like the first two hours yeah. I moved here. <laughs> we get rain like once a year in Arizona yeah. too. And the dirt from the desert doesn't absorb all the water. Yeah, so, so we get massive, we get floods massive floods. Yeah, flash it floods, floods immediately and everyone fl- and the world is, falls apart. But anyway. Like Alex, how, how exciting was it when you saw lightning? I don't need, I didn't even see it. I oh, didn't yeah, see the lightning. Just... There was hail and the hail looked like snow after a while because it was all starting yeah. to pile up. And I was like, this is wild. I love it though. Yeah. Can't wait till the next one in what, Two, six months? A couple years. Yeah, a couple years. Yeah. <laughs> well, I remember when I first moved, it was right. That was the, when I moved and had that lightning storm, someone was like, remember that huge drought like years ago, Casey, where yeah. like no matter what, you take public transportation, like there would be signs saying like, save water and this and that that was the first like rainstorm in like eight months and it happens to be the day i moved so i didn't believe and believe the drought even happened anyway no one cares about that <laughs> you guys you guys know the drill you guys can ask questions in the chat twitter the comment section whatever you want i've been playing cyberpunk non-stop ask me about cyberpunk someone asked me about cyberpunk without further ado casey what is our first question from our lovely listeners do 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 First question. Dustin v. Connor v. COVID. With more contagious strains of COVID popping up, what are the chances that this fight stays together? Should the UFC institute a mandatory bubble for pay-per-view main event fighters and their teams? Otherwise, I suspect we're going to see a lot of fights fall out in the first half of 2021. Also, who should replace Hamzat to fight Edwards, Magna, Kiesa, Holland, someone else? So, yes, to start, we'll start with the second half of the question because for those of you who don't aren't aware or don't follow MMA fighting's news cycle. Hamza Shemaev is out of his fight against Leon Edwards. It came out this morning that he was suffering from, well, he hasn't fully recovered from having COVID. His lungs haven't recovered. So he is no longer fighting Leon Edwards on, what, was that the Wednesday card? Yeah, yeah that was yeah. the Wednesday card. So he's no longer fighting on the Wednesday card of Fight Island. We'll start with there and then we'll go from there. Mike, I'll start with you. If you had to pick who should Leon Edwards fight in replace of Hamza Shemaev? I think for Leon, he'd probably want the higher ranked guy out of all of them. So that would be Michael Chiesa. Um, I'd probably go that route if I was him. Neil Magny, it just seems simple that it should be one of those two guys because they're already going to be there anyways. They're already on that card, so you just bump one of them up. And then you still have to figure out which 70 fighter you're going to bring in to, to fight whoever gets the bump up. So I, I, I could see Chiesa being the guy. I could also see Magny being the guy. But if I'm Leon Edwards... 
obviously the, the, the Shamaya fight had way back. So if he decided that I want to wait for Shamaya to come back and take that risk, I don't think I would blame him. But I think at this point, after being out for so long, it's been a year and a half at this point, the guy just needs to get in there and fight. So I think the, the correct answer is anybody, like literally anybody who's mm-hmm. available that could get him in there just to compete and get some reps in, just, just fight and, and go from there. If it is Michael Chiesa, I wouldn't hate if they just turned around and booked Magny versus Shamayev, like later down the road. Senior Magny's been asking for that that show the whole time. Anyway, Alex Casey, I mean, yeah, Alex Casey, which one of the two welterweights would you be most intrigued to see Hamza Leon Edwards fight? Go ahead, Casey. No, you go, you go. Do you Your need time. a minute? Okay. No, I agree with Mike. Um, I mean, look, I just feel so bad for Leon Edwards. And at this point, it's got to be worth his time. So I'm I'm, I'm hoping for Kiesa 100%. Um, he deserves the higher ranked guy. I mean, I think we were all kind of like, what the heck? When, when the Shemaev talk started, we were all like, Leon Edwards deserves better than this. So I'm not on the Leon Edwards, like, Shemaev. I'm not heartbroken that that fight broke out because I really hope that this just ends up working out in Leon Edwards' favor because he just deserves it at this point. Casey? Neither. Um, you rip up a contract that just got signed and you get you get Kevin Holland on a plane. A middleweight? Kevin Holland's on a middleweight. He what? Moving He's down. ranked middleweight. Yeah, he's ranked middleweight, but he's a welterweight. I don't, I don't, I think that I would, <laughs> Kevin, that's Kevin the one is, I would is, want is, to see the he, least. Is he absolutely not fighting welterweight anymore? Has he ever fought welterweight in the UFC? He's 0-0 in the UFC, isn't he? He's fought welterweight. In not the UFC? UFC? Not in the UFC, but he's, he's, he's mentioned about fighting welterweight, so he probably might have catch him. Yeah, I Kevin guess. Wants to fight. He, I, he, I guess. a lot of time, like, though. Yeah, if I'm Leon Edwards, that's, that's a, that's, I don't want to. That's wanna... his thing. That's his thing. I, I'm Mr. Short Notice, man. Come on. Boo, boo, boo. Shemaev, he's not a short notice. I'm Kevin Holland. If I'm Leon Edwards, I want to fight a, if I'm Leon Edwards, I want to fight a ranked welterweight, not a ranked middleweight. Kiesa and Magni have fights. I hate I hate ripping fights apart. That, that's BS. And um, those guys, that's a, that's an excellent fight. So unless there's there's no – you can't get a ranked guy this quick. It's just not unless – or unless you get a ranked 55-er who wants to come up to 70, you know. So maybe if it, maybe if it, maybe uh, a fifty five is looking for a fight, that's a that's a name. But now we're what just giving Leon Edwards the bottom of the barrel again. What that that's what, what happens, about, man. What like, about, I mean, Shemaev should have fought in, in Vegas. I mean, well, I guess he was already sick then. Who knows? I guess. From, what what, what how, about how, the BMF? What about the BMF champion? Yeah, BMF <laughs> champion doesn't just fight anyone any day. <laughs> That's a, that's I'd a, love that fight. Of course, but that's the worst thing that's happened in the welterweight division. That BM, title, the B, yeah, <laughs> yes. I want Kevin Holland to fight everyone every week. Like if Shamaya isn't going to be the guy, let's have Kevin Holland do it. Have Edward, Edwards go up to meet at one seventy five. I would say it, it would have to be. It's not going to be a one seventy if Kevin Holland's going to be in there. Of course, it would be. have to be like it. It have to be a catchweight, like one seventy five, something in that neck <laughs> of the woods. Um, and it would have to be something that was decided like yesterday, if that was going to be the case, because Kevin's a big guy. Like he's not like 220 or anything like that, but still, I mean, he's still going to have to cut to 175. Maybe that's a pretty good cut for him, I would assume. So, yeah, I'd like to see it. I, I feel like he he'd be a good option, but I feel like like a lot of things would need to happen for that to be the case. Plus, he's got a big main event fight with Derek Brunson now. 
scheduled in March. And I know that seems like a long time for a guy like Kevin Holland, but I mean, if they, if they did it and could agree on a catch weight, I'm, I'm down. What about Luke? They fought before, right? Didn't it? What about Vicente Luca? He could fight. Like, he's the highest-ranked guy that doesn't have a fight right now. Or I'm looking outside the top five. Well, Steven Thompson's on a fight, but didn't he get hurt? Like, he got yeah, a pretty yeah, – he got yeah, hurt his yeah. ears on, but he's not in for a while. And, and, so, and, Luke. And, and with all the uh, traveling to fight island, like, that causes – even – that just causes a lot more problems, you know, a lot more uh, uh, hurdles to mm-hmm. jump. Um, I don't think I don't think Edwards is I don't think Edwards is fighting. I think he's um, I just don't unless he's gonna fight just you know some just some some rando who trains out of Abu Dhabi MMA sport gym. I don't know. <laughs> or that's why the Magni Chiesa fight was made so much sense because they're both gonna be there. So like you pull one of them and then even throw but, but, like Luke but some, in. Some Edwards gets screwed. Someone gets screwed. That's all. Like if so that means Magni if Magni fights uh, Edwards that means Kies is fighting. A rando, you know that's a rando, and that's not no equal ranking. So, I yeah. think I think I think Tyron Woodley would be an interesting option. Like, talk about a I guy like who that. like need. I mean, I don't think he would on the shorter notice, but talk about a guy that'd just be like, I really need a win. Not only that, but to get it against a guy like Leon Edwards, and they were supposed to fight in March anyways. Imagine if he just stepped up and said, you know what, just just give him to me, I'll do it. That works, but again, that's. You know, to, to, to lose another fight for Tyron Woodley, that wouldn't be good. But still, the, the risk would be worth the reward, in my opinion. So, yeah, so I don't think, yeah, you're right. Kevin Holland hasn't fought welterweight in, like, three years. So, um, yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, but he was a welterweight, so I don't know. Because he's taking, like, short notice fights. I don't know. Has Kevin Holland said, so, I just won't fight welterweight? Or is it just more, I just need more time? <laughs> I think he called out fighters at welterweight, but that's, that's because he was just looking. He, but he was just looking for like if you watch the last press conference he was at in Vegas, I like I brought up that, and he goes, he just says stuff to try and pick a fight. He just wanted big names. He didn't necessarily want to go to welterweight. He just wanted a big name, which is why he called out Mickey Gall because he would beat him. People know who he is, but then at he the t- at the time, started on this at the time. That was also his first fight. That was the Jacksonville card. He called him out. And he still said he goes, I'll fight him, but it'll probably have to be a one seventy five. I can't make one seventy. Okay, okay. So, I, I thought yeah. I, I thought okay. I was making sure I just wasn't out of my mind when I, I was thinking Holland at Welterweight. He has mentioned Welterweights before. Okay. Anyway. Anyway. Oh, but there was also a first part question. Oh. <laughs> should there be a bubble for main events? There should be a bubble for all the fighters <laughs> in two thousand twenty one. Uh, I we joked when we were on Fight Island. Wait, wait, the last sorry, time what, what does he mean by bubble? Does he mean bubble on Fight Island or bubble during training camps? Because that's when these guys are getting COVID during their training camps. Probably both. I would say the, okay. like if the UFC has their, if everyone wants to go to the Apex and just live there, great. But that's pro- probably not feasible for these fighters. We also joked on the last Fight Island card that if Connor fought on the next Fight Island card, we couldn't imagine he'd want to stay in the hotel with all the other fighters just because so many people have issues with the guy or they're i don't know we joked that he would probably just bring his yacht and sleep there um because <laughs> it's right on the body of water like sleep on the yacht and then go ashore to train and i the more i thought about it the more that's probably and i convinced myself that's probably gonna happen i really wish um we, I, I really wish we could talk to a reporter that was on the that was in the nba bubble I want. I want to. I want to talk to someone who who lived that life because 
that seemed very that seemed very successful. Obviously, very expensive. But um, if the UFC, if if that you know the, the question was you know a bubble, you know, and like I'm assuming this bubble needs to last more than just fight week, because like maybe like two mm-hmm. three weeks out, and that's gonna be very expensive, because um, just fighters don't make. Like, I don't know who's gonna pay for it, and the UFC. I don't think UFC is willing to pay for it if they can just keep replacing fighters all the time. Have you yeah. read the stories of the people coming from the NBA bubble? No, like the like players. People that, so like, so like the players and reporters, especially like, like if you like LeBron and the Lakers and then the Miami Heat, they stayed the entire time because they went to the championship. And reporters, commentators, like those guys, they stayed there. I think it was Jeff Van Gundy who I can't remember if he has a the head coaching position now. As soon as the bubble ended, he was like one of the commentators. He just got in his car and drove like 18 hours straight as soon as the bubble snapped and was on the phone with like a therapist, like a, psych- like a psychiatrist, because it was so just mentally like you lose track of time, reality, everything being there. And I was only in the bubble for five weeks and like week four, I was like, I can't. This is this is nuts. I can't handle this right now. And then the Habib fight week started happening. It got really busy and I was fine. But I can't even fathom the NBA. Because it's like every other day you see like and the the bubble's getting smaller and smaller in terms of people because they leave once their season is over. So I would love to speak to a reporter, but uh, they probably I don't know. I know I know some reporters had to like talk to therapists and stuff as soon as it was over. <laughs> what helped a lot too is because I think the bubble had a limited number of people that were allowed to be in there for the NBA bubble. So there was like a maximum. So when players were eliminated and they left if you hit if your team survived long enough you got to a point where there was enough space to bring in family members but it was only like two at a time i think so like if you made like the conference finals like say the the lakers made the conference finals like lebron could bring his wife and his son in but like that was it but then there was this whole thing like reporters couldn't like employees of the team couldn't so like like the like the physical therapist for the lakers couldn't bring their like significant other and there was a whole thing but like if you heard hit a certain point in the bubble you could start bringing people in but i don't know I, I again i don't know the exact details i hope that answered the question <laughs> long time commenter joseph boza habib said in an interview that Habib said in an interview that he is not the UFC lightweight champion. He thinks the winner of Dustin is Connor too, should be the new champ. Why is there at least not an interim title on the line? So I think to clarify, because a lot of things got lost in translation, I think Habib actually said the winner of this fight should fight for the lightweight title. Am I correct? Yeah. Yeah. So whoever wins between Dustin versus Connor should fight someone for the vacant title. I, that's what he said. Not that this fight should be for the championship. I know that's what John Kavanaugh said. So no interim titles, please. <laughs> in a perfect Agreed. world, I think we all. In a perfect world, I think we all agree there should be some kind of final four, like Connor v. Dustin, and then maybe Chandler v. Gaethje. Winners fight each other. Something like that. I don't really care who's in the tournament, but tournaments you can't argue with tournaments. Yeah, it should, tournaments. Yeah, <laughs> tournaments. Is that a Rhode Island accent? Yeah. No, I have no idea where that came from. I have no. I say tournament. <laughs> I've been tournament, tournament. Tournament. Yeah. Well, it's because like well, I don't know. Like you go on a music. You go on a like a band goes on a tour. Tournament. That's just how my 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 I see the word and I, that's how I say. I it. You don't go on a tour. 
you know. I also say al- I also say <laughs> almond, and I don't know where that came from because that's not oh, that's a, wrong. Island yeah, that's yeah. wrong. <laughs> say almond milk, almond butter, bag of almonds. Don't know where that came from. <laughs> I mean, it's true. Anyway. It's not. Paul Simon had a song. It wasn't called "You Can Call Me All." It was "Call Me Al." So almond. Oh. I get where you're coming. I see. There I see. It. I see where you're coming. Yeah. Oh, I, I also call them pecans, not pecans. That could go either way. I say pecan. Yeah, pecan. both work. Pecan pie. Yeah, it's pecan. Pecan pie, but then if you're talking about just the pecan, it's different. I I just say pecan, just pecan. and when I, when I say I think of Danny DeVito's character saying pecan sandies, and uh, it's always sunny when he tries to come up with a team name. <laughs> so wait, so did, did a Russian website – they 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 didn't translate they they mistranslated it into English I assume is that because we're we all based something everything like, on RT Sport something like that and then Ali Abdelaziz Habib's manager clarified and then a bunch of other people clarified too so I think the official word that Habib says is the winner of this fight should fight for an eventual title which I don't think anyone would disagree right. No. If they if they made Certainly. this a title fight, I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't. I, mean, I also I, wouldn't really wouldn't offend me. I, I, wouldn't, I, mean, I wouldn't be that offended. But I mean, that's why we knew Conor was fighting Cowboy. So whatever is next, he, he's eligible, you know, to fight for the title. So, but Habib's retired. So um, happy trails, Habib. <laughs> I don't think he said it yet, Casey. So oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, my bad. Uh, Kevin Holland's trash talk from. T. Gordon, 1982. I think he also sent a bunch of Twitter questions, too. So this is the Tristan Gordon show. To MMA fighting, where do you rate Kevin Holland's trash talk? It's got to be up there, in my opinion, with the likes of Connor, Dom, and Izzy. He was able to create beef with Darren Brunson, and the next thing you know, the UFC grants them their wish, and the two are booked to fight on March 6th. Also, what do you think about the matchup itself? Thanks for everything. Really enjoy the show. So first part, where do you rank Kevin Holland's trash talk? I'll start with Alex. Would you how how would you compare it to Connor Dom? I assume Dominic Cruz and Izzy. Um, okay, I don't. Maybe I haven't been paying that much attention to Kevin Holland's trash talk. But as far as I'm concerned, I don't know if he's really said anything that has crossed the line. Um, and somebody correct me if I'm wrong. But Connor has definitely crossed the line. Izzy's definitely crossed the line. I'm, I'm not too familiar with Dominic Cruz's trash talk but so in my opinion that puts kevin holland's trash talk level above the others because he hasn't crossed that line and i hope that he doesn't um because you know you can't come back from from those things so in my opinion kevin holland the others number one i think the dominant cruiser dominant cruz and cody got pretty aggressive at Dude, times you they were talking do- about like yeah they were talking about like you didn't grow up with a dad and you didn't grow up with the dad either. And I was like, this is odd. Trash talk. Cross the line. Dude, Dominic and Uriah was. Yeah. Dominic they were was, bad too. Dominic was so brutal to Uriah. Like, just like hurt his feelings. <laughs> like, it was. It was or bad. do you remember? Do you remember the. They did the sit down with TJ and Dominic. And Dominic was just talking. And TJ was just like sitting there, looked like just not even responding. But Dominic was just talking. Oh. And talking and talking and talking and talking and talking. I like I don't hate I, any of these people's trash talking just because I with these people specifically, um, including Kevin Holland. That's how they always are, and that's how they are out of the octagon too. Connor, Dom, obviously they say stuff I wish they didn't, but I don't have a problem with most of what they said. 
Um, Kevin Holland's. I asked Kevin Holland this in Jacksonville, who he thinks the best trash talker in the UFC is ever, and he said Connor. So Kevin Holland thinks it's Connor. I'll agree with Kevin Holland. Mike, what do you say? Yeah, I mean, C- Connor kind of made it cool, didn't he? Like the UFC and Chael made MMA, it. Chael made it cool. Yeah, Chael made it. Chael made it cool. Like Chael laid down the foundation for it, but Connor took it to another level. Like he was able to bring that more t- to more ears. You know what I mean? Like more people paid attention than than Chael, and Chael was great at it too. So I would say like those two guys are like one A and one B. But Kevin Holland is great, man. He's, I mean, he's been like that his entire career. Pre UFC, you know winning fights losing fights he's the same guy he's always been like that he's so quick-witted and he and to me he comes from like a long line of of trash talking hollands like i interviewed kevin holland before his like one of his short notice fights and he's on the bus going to virtual media day and he's wearing a mask of him smacking joaquin buckley in the face that his grandfather made him so clearly there's this is this is a generational trash talking family. Like they all know how to get under people's skins and be quick witted. So I thought that was, that was like an a plus thing right there. I'm like, what is on this mask? And he said it was the silhouette of him slapping Joaquin Buckley in the face. I'm like, Oh my God, that is just unbelievable. So, yeah. He's right up there. He's right up there. How Rick rude of him to wear his opponent's face on his own attire. Um, what was the next part of the question? What do we think about the fight? I mean, I love the fight. I also think Derek Brunson's one of these guys that is just down to fight. Like he goes, I'll fight. He also didn't Derek Brunson also call out Kevin Holland and Kevin Holland was like, great. So I think they both made this fight happen. There's a story between these two guys that Kevin Holland has talked about. Apparently they met once before and Kevin didn't like the way Derek spoke to him and he never forgot it. So he was planting seeds all year. It was Derek Holland, Mike Perry, um, Marvin Vittori, like those are the guys Hamza. that he's like planting seeds for. Oh, Ham- and then became Hamza. He, he, you could just look at Kevin Holland wrong or not even wrong. In his mind, he convinces himself it's wrong and that's enough to motivate him. I think it's awesome. Michael Jordan did the same thing. You just concoct these scenarios that would create stir issues in his mind. Awesome. Cool. Gets me interested in the fight. Also, I think the fight just makes sense in general. I wish it was sooner but is what it is. Yeah, I can't... That, that, booking a fight for Kevin Holland three months away, kind of... That's not what Kevin Holland's about. Come on. He, he he became number two fighter of the year, almost fighter of the year, if Moreno got that decision, all based on fighting, what, like every 30 seconds? So, um, yeah, three months away is ridiculous. It happens, man. Ooh. Once you... We all said it. Once he beat Jacare, it's like, wow, now That's he can't... Always, man. Always. Like, you get all these yeah. fights... Like, yeah, Hamza. Once he actually be the guy who we've heard Izzy of, was the same. Then we, Izzy was the same way. Didn't he fight like four or five times his first year? And now he fights like twice a year. It also travel restrictions to New Zealand oh, probably yeah. hurts that too. But right. But then you get guys like John Jones and Ronda who would defend their titles like every three four months. And so, then, and, we'll then see. and then John disappears. Ronda retires. Like it's just like they go in these streaks mm-hmm. where they go. I got to make some money. Got to fight every day. Then I'm good. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Kevin Holland, underrated trash talker. Conor McGregor just says whatever sells. <laughs> oh. Ger- Gerardo at JC Dulos one on Twitter. Oh, also, uh, I think he's responding to a question from 
his other oh, question. Yeah. yeah. Do you think Majidal is losing fans because he seems to be getting picky with fights? Hashtag the A side. <clears throat> I think he's losing fans for a lot of reasons, and I think that's <laughs> one of them. I think that's part of it. Mike, what do you say? People just want to see a fight. I mean, that's that it, it is what it is. Like he, he the, the guy stepped in on like days notice, traveled to Abu Dhabi, cut a bunch of weight and saved a title fight. So I will give him a pass on taking some time off because I mean, the fight didn't go his way. I still felt like his stock rose despite losing that fight. And I still feel like there's questions that I have, especially like casual viewers who say, if Mazadal had like a full camp to prepare for Usman, like, could he beat him? They, they were impressed enough in those first two rounds to think that Mazadal could do it. And that's what you got to do. And that's what makes you a star. Like you can lose and your stock can still rise. And that's what happened with Mazadal. So I think not fighting Leon Edwards, I think people got over that pretty quickly. But at this point, I think you just got to go in there and fight Colby, get it out of the way, win or lose. You move on with life and we can just put this whole crazy feud behind us because we dealt with this Colby Woodley feud forever. And now it's Colby Mazadal. Like, let's just let's just make this fight. If you win, you're a hero. You're a god amongst men for a lot of uh, Colby haters. If you lose, so what? You're still a star and you can still fight Nate or still fight other guys. So I don't think he's losing fans, but I think he needs to book something pretty soon. Alex, is Mazadal losing fans? No, I think MMA fans tend to be quite loyal to those that they, I don't know, I don't want to use this word, but to, to those that they stand. Um, and right now, Masvidal is just out of sight, out of mind. But as soon as he comes back and, and he's got a fight announcement and he's back in the headlines, it's it's going to come back to exactly where he was. And right now, the, you know, the only time we've heard from him is about, you know, his political leanings or whatever. And I'm obviously not going to get into that, but that's all we've heard from him. But as soon as we start getting back into the fight talk and the fight game, then it, it's going to go back to exactly how it was. It's just out of sight, out of mind. Mm, I think he's definitely lost some fans. Hell for yeah. sure. <laughs> I don't think his... it's I think it's his political reasons, his anti-mask reasons, him kind of thinking the election was rigged, his thinking that COVID is a is a hoax. He's, he's, which he's... a lot of people a lot of people obviously agree with. Um so I think it's a big combination of not fighting, people seeing him tweeting but not fighting. I think a lot of people are tweeting for him, not using his Twitter. I mean like People will chime in in his inner circle and kind of give reasons why he's not fighting and we're not hearing them directly from Jorge, which I think a lot of people rub a lot, rub a lot of people the wrong way. Um, also, this Colby-Jorge Masvidal fight just makes sense even if they didn't – even if they liked each other and it's still not happening. I think people are just frustrated at this point. But I do agree once he steps in there, people are going to forget a lot of the I just, things that I, I just from, from my experience every time we talk about a fighter outside of the octagon people are like who cares who all that matters is what he does inside the octagon and that's just been like the majority of MMA fans so no I don't think anything that he says right now has cost him a whole lot of maybe a few of the you know people who take that stuff seriously but as a whole I don't think he's lost a whole lot of fans are you are you are you defending the stick to sports Fans. No, I'm explaining the stick to sports, stick to sports fans. fans. Except, except when it's things I agree with. Then keep going. Exactly. Otherwise, show up. Yeah. <laughs> Jerks. I'm just reading my comments out loud, Casey. All right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where's this? This channel's gone downhill since Ariel left. <laughs> I think people are frustrated that he's not that. fighting. <laughs> 
I think people are frustrated he's not fighting and they are taking it out on whatever he's doing. So it's like when John was John Jones was out forever and he was getting into all sorts of tomfoolery. The second he started to fight DC, people kind of forgot about it. Same as Connor. So right now they are mad at Jorge because he's not fighting. The second he comes back, I think they'll forget it. I think they're just lashing out. Also, he's the BMF champ, and like I said, that is the worst thing that happened in the welterweight division because for the BMF champ that's turning down fights, allegedly, probably not a good look. But once he comes back, people will be happy. Yeah, and the, B- and the BMF champ doesn't tweet out fake memes of false information. <laughs> but they look so real. They look so real. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're this close to crowning an NBA champ. And with the action heating up on the court, it's even hotter at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get a no-sweat bet, up to 1500 bucks if your first bet doesn't hit. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. One no-sweat bet per new customer. Issued as one bonus bet based on amount of initial losing bet. Bonus bets expire. 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When is Neil on Neil happening? Hashtag the A side. Well, this is Neil Magny versus Jeff Neil. Shout out to AK Lee for coming up with Neil on Neil. Uh, they were booked before. Jeff Neil had that just awful. What was it? What was the exact medical issue? Congenitive like heart disease or something like that. It was something yeah. crazy where like where like he was like he was checking his pulse like every like thirty minutes in case, in case his heart stopped and like so. Sounds awful, but if Neil Magny is obviously already booked with Chiesa, I'm assuming one of those guys will fight Leon Edwards. I don't think Neil Mag- Neil Magny will fight anyone because it's Neil Magny, but I don't know if the UFC will want to make that fight, especially because Neil Magny, I mean, Neil, Jeff Neil just lost. I assume if Neil Magny loses, maybe they make that fight, but Mike, when is Neil on Neil happening? I don't know, man. It's going to be a while, I think. 
unfortunately. And listen, if you're if you're Jeff Neal, you're fighting Wonder Boy. That's one thing. Like you have to deal with the mystery and the intrigue of Wonder Boy on the feet. But Neil Magny, there is no mystery. He's going to be all over you for the entire fight. Like if you fight for 25 minutes against Neil Magny, you are going to be exhausted. And if you're having some problems with your heart, a guy like Neil Magny is not the guy I want to be fighting against to test that out. You know what I mean? Like his pace is just unbelievable. So I think we will see that fight at some point, but I don't think we see it in 2021. Maybe 2022 would be like my earliest guess. How many main events does Neil Magny have? One? Uh, was was Lawler a main event? That was the no. Main event. Oh, um, no. I think it was the Ponzinibbio one where he got smashed. Yes. Oh, that was the main event? Oh, no, I think that's the only one. That was in Buenos Aires. I think that was Ponzinibbio's last fight, right? I remember that guy. Yeah, he has a fight. He's fighting the leech. So they say. So, uh, yeah, yeah. So they say. Yeah, Neil Magny's, but I, from what I've seen, I, there's no question Neil Magny can go five rounds. So maybe 2022. We have a lot of questions, so that answers that. Yep. <laughs> TFS MMA. First of all, I, I first of all, I want to say, Alex, you have a beautiful smile, and I want to ask you guys about the UFC doesn't have uh, interest to yes. make a tournament. This, sorry, this, this is for the other Alex, not 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 cool, Alex. By the way, just no, I know. Okay, just, just, <laughs> yeah, don't get a big don't get a big head over there. Oh yeah, I'm just flattered. <laughs> I want to ask you guys about why the UFC doesn't have interest to make a tournament for the most likely vacant lightweight belt. UFC doesn't like tournaments, Grand Prix, whatever reason. It's we, we all know why because you don't want to risk losing a big money fight in the tournament. They just they just tournament. They just want to make the big fight now. So, but Mike, why doesn't the UFC want to make a lightweight tor- tournament? I don't think I should be the one answering this question, Jose. You say this like every <laughs> right. week. You know the answer to this question. If the people want it, we don't get it. That's it. That's and true. everybody wants a tournament. So there you go. I don't know. Like, there's just no rhyme or reason. Like, sometimes it doesn't make sense. This, it makes perfect sense. You could do it with four people, eight people, 16 people. It doesn't matter. Like, this is too easy, especially in this situation where we don't have a champion. Now's the time. Like, you don't even have to call it a tournament. Just lay out a bunch of fights where we know where it's going to end up with somebody with the title. It doesn't, you don't even, we're not doing a tournament. Fine. We know it's kind of a tournament. Just give us a kind of a tournament. Anything that has the word tournament in it, whether you say it's true or not, something that leads to somebody wearing the title, because this is silly. These two, these two, we have no champion right now. We have no champion. And we have so many freaking contenders. Have a friggin' tournament. Sorry. Well said. So, Mike, do you want a tournament? A tournament. I want a freaking <laughs> tournament. <laughs> Has there ever been a better time in UFC no. history uh-uh. to have a tournament? Mm-mm. I I like the point. Even if I said this on one of the sh- one of our shows, I even if they made Conor versus Poirier for the title, and then the tournament the 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 title just followed the fighter throughout the tournament, I would be fine with that. Like in like in Bellator, where the the champion is part of it, it's not like the winner gets a vacant belt. I don't hate that and. They want to do Chandler Gaethje and then have Oliveira versus Hooker be like that Daniel Cormier type stand-in. I don't hate that either. But if you want to throw Charles Oliveira in the tournament and have Hooker v Chandler be for the replacement, I don't hate that either. I don't. Really, there's so many lightweights that you could do honestly anything. 
Okay. You want to throw Makachev and Felder and throw Tony Ferguson in there? Awesome. Do it. Diego Fajada, cool. <laughs> if things don't make sense, go to the money. That's all it is. Yep. I think the money I, and also I, you can't manipulate a tournament. You yeah. know, they want to be able to handpick their fights and when yeah, and where. And I, like I, their I, worst case scenario is they have this big tournament. Connor loses in the first round, and then like all the big oh names lose. And then, and then the finals is like Charles Oliveira versus Drew Dober, which is yeah. a great fight, but like that's not what they want. This is, and that's exactly that's one hundred percent the truth, right there. Um, I think the UFC is deathly afraid of having a guy like he'll have a different name this time, but someone with the same markability, like when RDA was the lightweight champion. Us people who like fights, we were like, "Cool, RDA. He he's the champ." I didn't expect that. But he's the champ. He's earned it. Good for him. RDA's title fight when he defended against Eddie Alvarez was a freaking fight night. Can you imagine a lightweight a lightweight title fight on a fight night? That's, that's just like wasn't it a, anymore. It wasn't it a wasn't it a fight pass? Fight pass. It was fight pass too. Yeah. So yeah, I think a guy like Charles Oliveira is. Obviously, a very different fighter, but I think in terms of selling pay per views, isn't very much different from RDA. Um, maybe actually a little worse because RDA speaks English. So I think the UFC is just very afraid of just a very non marketable star being their champion at lightweight division, and that sucks. Right. But what does what do tournaments do besides have a winner of something? It creates stars. It helps create stars. Look at Let's AJ see. McKee right I, now. I agree. I agree. But see, Mike, here's the problem. I say this <laughs> all the time. What's the problem with that scenario? It makes sense. And MMA doesn't make sense. <laughs> it's a silly sport. But yes, right. make a Grand Prix, especially in lightweight. It would be the best. It would be, I dare say, one of the five greatest Grand Prix in terms of talent we've ever seen if the USC did a lightweight tournament right now. I'm kind of getting angry just thinking about it not happening yeah. now. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Move on. I got to move on. I'm going to move on. Uh, I'm going to put this question up there. I don't know what it means, but um, hopefully this isn't offensive. MA fighting. Heck, have you have you ever been to Baba Louie's in Great Barrington? If not, you should go there. I Mike? have been to Baba Louie's in Great Barrington. I have also been to Baba Louie's in Pittsfield while I was still there and took Whoa. part in a – in a pizza eating contest at Baba Louie's in Pittsfield during my radio days. So oh, yes, I have, I have been to Baba Louie's. It's been a while. It's probably been probably like five or six years since I've been to the great Barrington location, but good stuff. What Where happened? in wait, Massachusetts wait, wait. is great Barrington? It's in the Berkshires. Okay. It's a cool place. It's very, uh, very hippie, very crunchy good stuff okay. like really cool downtown area people are just so happy down there you'll see people in the parks just like musicians will just come together randomly be like hey we're just gonna meet at 10 a.m and no one knows who's gonna come they just go there and they just jam for hours and hours and hours and it's it's a good time there's a barrington rhode island and it sounds like the exact opposite of barrington rhode island, <laughs> the worst place in rhode island anyway it's not, it's not not crunchy at all no, not even a little bit. If you don't have a fancy sports car and live in a mansion, you prob like you you you're out of place in Barrington, Rhode Island. Wait, we we totally blew past the the main part of that story, Mike. Tell me about this pizza what? eating contest. <laughs> Did you win? There's a how, pizza eating contest. How, how's it? Uh, is, is it timed? Is it just who can finish this large pizza the fastest? Like, how'd you do? So, so uh, we lost. We had oh, to put a team it's together. A, of a like team effort. Okay, there you go. 
we, we it was against the the Pittsfield firefighters and police officers, and it was like you me, no one of my yeah. one of my coworkers. <laughs> yeah, we had it was like radio listeners who would like call in and like be a part of the team. So we had some adults, we had some some kids on the team. So it was just it was all all in good fun. Every the, the, you know the winners were the charities involved, and that's what it's all about. Eat cheesy carbs for a smile. Sounds like a good time. Is crunchy right. the same as granola? Like when you yeah. call someone granola? Okay. In the nicest way possible, I say that. <laughs> yeah, crunchy sure. Is not an no, I don't take it as one either. I think that's a, that's a nice word. My my dad is one of those um, on the corner drum circle dreads guys. Like that's like nice. He's one of those dudes. Give him a couple. Really? Of, we'll have to book him. Yeah. Yeah, my dad. <laughs> my dad, yeah, my dad's crazy happy. Like, yeah, he's, he's awesome. up. You want to you want to come hang out in Western Massachusetts in our drum circle? <laughs> you would You dig it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Which question are we on? Uh, yeah, we go. Callum Barnes on Twitter. Two part question: With the success of the pandemic shows this year, do you think we'll see top fighters fight more this year? Maswell Jones, Connor twice, maybe both Diaz bros. Number two: If so would be the over under on five pay-per-views doing over 1 million buys. Hmm. Lots on pack. <laughs> well, of all the names he mentioned, Connor is the only one with a fight booked. John Jones allegedly going to fight the winner of Stipe Francis, which isn't books either. I don't think Nick fights. Nate, maybe. Masvidal, probably under i think less than five pay-per-views do a million buys to what is everyone else's thoughts well how many did it this year just the one just the connor cowboy card yeah if I'm, no, right? i think two i think 251 did two which was close to that that was the first uh that was the first fight island card yeah which what sorry. that was the that was the that no, was the three, three title, title fights oh okay yeah that was uzman masvidal um Aldo, Jan, Holloway, Volkanovski, two, Rose, Andrade, two. Like, that was the stacked card. It was also the first Fight Island card, so people are probably intrigued. Yeah. So, 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 so I'll so, stay under five. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Way, way, way under five. Yeah. Maybe, <laughs> five yeah. would be like, five would be like the max. And that's like. I mean, I think I have Connor fight Cowboy five times in a row, maybe, and they'll probably still do a million each, but. You guys, you guys will buy anything as long as Connor's there. I just don't know. Like, I don't know if everybody on this list is a million pay-per-view seller. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, even like even John Jones when he fought DC, like in the in the last fight, that that did really well, and there was so much heat there, and that didn't even do a million pay-per-views. I mean, getting a million pay-per-views. Yeah, it was like 800,000, which is still a really good number. Getting a million pay-per-view buys in this day and age where, let's be honest, there are some some folks out there who aren't going to spend 65 bucks a month on a UFC pay-per-view event. They might find other ways to, to view this product. And with it being so easy, getting a million pay-per-view buys in 2020, 2021 doesn't happen as much as it did like four or five years ago. So I'll say under easily dude they have to save up for mayweather logan paul why spend money on UFC <laughs> no they bought it they bought it on day one so they could save 20 bucks on the buy rate you're right you're Smart. right Dang, this is actually brilliant <laughs> yeah i agree yeah i think if jones fights izzy 
that could, that'll do a million, I think. That'll do a million. Especially if it's the international fight week, like Izzy keeps talking about in July. But so psychic. He has to so be psychic. He has to be on, and John is now a heavyweight, so probably not going to happen in July, but is what it is. Anytime Connor fights, I'm comfortable saying he'll do a million buys. Anytime. I'm if, very... if not a million, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Um, but I'm super curious, though, how Connor is going to sell with um i've kind of i've kind of talked about this a lot with no crowd with no press conference with no big weigh-ins like connor's gonna be at a weigh-ins where it's just it wasn't what will be dana white not sean shelby but just you know it's just in a bar it's in a, a hotel ballroom you know it's like this is gonna be very different a very I different think... connor week you know with no no because connor you can't come out there do his little thing wearing his jacket you know i don't know it's just gonna be uh, very different I'm willing to bet there's a press conference on Fight Island. Yeah. Because it's the last pay per view of it's the last card of the three days. Wouldn't be surprised if they just did one mega pay, mega press conference right at the beginning with all the main event guys. Um, or because like I I thought for sure Connor would be the first card because then they could have a full fight week without a fights getting in the way if that makes sense. So like Connor would fight the first Saturday, so we have a week of just Connor Poirier and then the Wednesday Saturday. Kind of like in Jacksonville, where the pay-per-view kicked off the, the three cards in seven days. Um, but that didn't happen. He's now the last one. So I don't know. I figure, I assume we'll have a big press conference. Dana White has said a thousand times they want fans, but I haven't heard anything yet. So we'll see. There won't be fans. Um, oh, but you you brought up um, the Paul brothers. So, uh, oh, yeah. Oh, God. You did it first. Natalie Duran, what do you guys think about Jake Paul versus Ben Askren and Logan Paul versus or Floyd Mayweather versus Logan Paul? Okay. Okay. I'm actually kind of excited to see Jake Paul and Ben Askren. Floyd Mayweather and Logan Paul is just stupid. Like that's just a dumb idea. But Ben Askren <laughs> What? It is. You gonna watch? Wait, I, are, are we arguing what's more stupid? Is that what we're doing here? Isn't that the question? <laughs> yeah. No, you're not wrong. Go ahead, Mike. I personally think when it comes to Jake Paul versus Ben Askren, that seems like cool Alex is is involved in this as well. I feel like everybody that's excited about this is in the middle of the biggest troll job in the history of combat sports. (laughs) Ben Askren in September just had like major, major hip surgery. I mean, major hip surgery. If this guy comes in and boxes in March, I will be the most shocked person in the world. It's just, he, like, when I spoke with him, he said he was thinking about getting back on the wrestling mats to, like, drill in September of 2021. All of a sudden, he could start dancing around and boxing. Not saying, like, you need to, you know, you're cradling people and doing all sorts of transitions on the, on the mat. But you're telling me that Ben Askren is a miracle heal, healer and can get in and box in March. I just, I just don't see it happening. Maybe, maybe I'm the one being trolled. Maybe the surgery <laughs> happened way ahead of time. Maybe this is just like this prolonged thing where th- it was all leading to Ben Askren versus Jake Paul. I just don't see it happening. I, I hate to be the bearer of bad news. I think this is all just a, a well orchestrated plot by like everybody involved to, to sell as Nick Diaz said, so well, wolf tickets to get people hyped up for this fight. That's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. Ben's doing it. Ben is an A plus doing an A plus job, making people buy it. If it happens, I will come on the show and say, I am an idiot. I was wrong. You guys are all right. You should have been excited about it. I'm a dope. 
but I'm not saying it. I don't think I'm going to have to do that. I think we're all going to be sitting there in March seeing Jake Paul fight somebody that is not Ben Askren, ladies and gentlemen. Sorry. <laughs> I feel bad as Mike Hector's laying around at night going, am I being trolled? Are they trolling me? Am I trolling them? <laughs> am I getting outmaneuvered, everybody. Am I, am I getting outmaneuvered <laughs> by the Paul brothers? How's this one? <laughs> is this life? Is this real? <laughs> Jake Paul again. <laughs> When do you think the last time Ben Askren hit pads was? Before he fought Damian Maya. Yeah. I don't think he's like thrown any sort of strike at all since his last UFC fight. Maybe held pads, but not hit pads. For Ben Askren, I don't think he can get humiliated in a com- in the in the combat sports sense more than he did when he fought Masvidal. So I think if he can take that fight against um which which Paul was it? Logan Logan Paul. He would Jake take Blake. it. Oh, Jake. Wait, wait. <laughs> you know, I had I, I had a thought. I had a thought on this, but I don't even care. Honestly, I'm just gonna <laughs> shut up. I just don't care. I'm, I, I actually, I'm insulted. I <laughs> getting knocked out by Jake Paul would be so much more embarrassing than getting knocked out by Jorge Masvidal. I don't. It would not be. Because he will make more money getting knocked out by that Paul guy than by Masvidal. That's fine. So maybe he's not embarrassed, but I would be embarrassed for him. <laughs> I would be. I would look at Ben Askren and be like, God, I can't even imagine. I would never leave my house if I was a professional fighter and knocked out by Logan Paul or Jake Paul, whichever one. Yeah, me neither. Which one took a phone in front of a dead body? I don't know. I don't know. I couldn't pick him out of a lineup. I just found out. I just, I just found out there were two of them. I just found out. One of them is covered in tattoos. That's the younger brother. That is how I tell them apart. They're, 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 I don't. Next question. <laughs> Damn YouTubers, kids these days. Youths. MMG2K20. As MMA media members, do you think Dana respects you guys? I feel like you should appreciate the MMA media more. There have been fights on the UFC cards I have had zero interest in, and the moment you guys talk about it slash break it down, I am fully invested. Hashtag the A-side. Well, all right, guys. Does Dana White respect us? I'm assuming he's talking about us four specifically, right? More just MMA media in general. In general, no. I mean, I think he's made that pretty clear. Um, I mean, it's PR one hundred and one, though. If you, I think it would be it would behoove him to at least be cordial and at least not, you know, make a hit piece for everybody. But I don't know. I, I don't. Yeah, no, he doesn't. Obviously, it just it makes me sad because like I see how hard everybody, especially at our site, works. And if people knew like what this job entails, and for people to claim like oh they hate the sport, blah blah blah, you literally cannot do this job if you hate the sport. It's working on Thanksgiving. It's working on Christmas. It's nights and weekends. And you know who else works nights and weekends and holidays? Surgeons. Is anybody here making surgeon money? No. Okay, so let's like take it easy on the MMA media members. Everybody's doing their best, just like everybody else at their job at home. You know, we're no different than anybody else. And I say we, I'm not a reporter. I'm not a journalist. I'm just here, you know, throwing up some videos on social media every once in a while. So like, I'm just here to, you know, stick up for everybody at the site. You guys rock. Get him. Mike, does Dana White hate us? <laughs> you in particular, Mike. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's like looking in a mirror when he looks at me. So. <laughs> According to our uh, to, to our fine readers and viewers. Oh, that's funny. Do I, do, 
Dana oh. Hagoda. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Maybe it's just a bald head in the in the Boston area living. Um, no, I don't think he respects us, but that's fine. That's who just who Dana is. Like Dana has to win. He's as stubborn as it gets, and. I've I've been known to be stubborn myself from from time to time, so I, I I get it. But at the same time, I don't care. Like if he doesn't respect what I'm doing or anybody else doing, that's fine. Because he he needs us as much. He needs us like he does. We need them to put on fights, so we have things to cover. And I get that. But we help grow the sport, whether people like it or not. Like like this. Like the, like the question stated. There have been there have been some pretty bad fight cards, like some pretty bad ones that we have gone on, whether on between the links or preview shows, something like that. And we've found diamonds in the rough. We have been the sunshine on the otherwise cloudy day. We found ways to make these fight cards better than they are on paper. Find the intriguing storylines, the under the radar fights and storylines, things like that. I feel like we've done a good job creep in peaking interest in some of these cards. So I mean at the end of the day, he d- may not respect us, but at the same time, I think he knows the value we provide to the sport, and that's why he hasn't like banished media altogether. Because he could say what he wants in those hit pieces, and they could post AK's face on a video, and all this other stuff. But at the same time, I think he understands the value we bring to the sport. And without us, you know, maybe they don't sell the company for four point two billion dollars. Well said. Well said. Casey, does Dana White hate us? Oh, of course he does. Today he does, but tomorrow when we're, you know, talking about how awesome this fight card was, you know, he'll say, you know, nice things. Like he's, he said lots of, like, you know, at, at successful pay-per-views, you know, when Dana talks at the, at the post-fight presser, and then afterwards he'll say, you know, I just want to thank the media. You guys you know, you guys you know, did great covering us and thank you for coming out and everything. Like, it just depends what moods he in, you know. It's like, but he's he's but he's very normal and very emotional, like normal people are. When like we can say we can tweet out right fifty nice articles about oh what a great fight, what a great match uh, fight booking, you know what a great this, what a great that. But then we put one thing suggesting I don't know maybe this was kind of off, and then he'll just go off off one comment after fifty nice things. So. He just he's a guy that likes to focus on the negative and that's what that's what fuels him. You know, obviously his bank account is, you know, whatever, it's like just unbelievably big. So, you know, he what's going to drive him now? You know, he has to you know he has this little chip on his shoulder, you know, like, oh, these little wimpy MMA media guys, they've never done anything in their life, you know. Look at what I've done, you know. And he just he's just he's just he just wants to fight. He wants to fight, 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 fight. That's his thing. So, don't care, but you know, definitely doesn't respect us. <laughs> Yeah, I don't particularly care yeah, if he yeah. likes me or not. I'm just going to go there and say, this guy beat this guy in an octagon, and Dana White said this after. And that's what I'm going to keep doing. But um, also, but but thanks. Thank you, thank you for the commentary. You know, I, I, I appreciate you listening to us. And, you know, when we talk he, about... And we've talked to... And Casey and I have talked about this off air, like especially when we were getting to cover fights together. Like someone asked us why the UFC just doesn't stream everything themselves and send the video to like, like, you know how like someone like, like an AP writer could go and write something and then he just blasts it out to everyone. Like, why doesn't the UFC keep everything in the house? Like, why do we need reporters at official weigh-ins? Why do we need them at press conferences when like, why do we need these like shooting them? It's because imagine if they turned the cameras around to get crowd shots and there's no cameras there. 
Like the UFC wants to show people covering the sport. They want us there. Whether they like our questions or not, they want us there to at least show people are there. Like when they when they cut the question that when they cut around to the the questions of the reporters asking at the old style press conferences and you see all the cameras right there, it looks great for the UFC. Imagine if there were none though. So that's why they want us there. And that's why they don't just like virtual media days, I get like some people don't have the ability to record or they can't make it, so they'll send the recordings out after. But they want us there to record and, and put up ASAP to just show that we're there. I mean, like I was in like every freaking embedded video because like, but it's always yeah. me holding a camera and stuff. So it's just like, yeah, they, they, they yeah, they like the presence of media. Don't, don't and that, and if he doesn't like media so much, how's he gonna do these media hit pieces? You know, how's he gonna do that? They, True. Yeah, those are fun. true. <laughs> so those back. Are Dana, fun. Dana loves us. <laughs> Daniel uh, Pompilio. Did we already answer this? Who one? should such cans? We yeah, we okay. talked about this a little All bit. Right, we'll Every, you yeah. want Kevin Holland? Everyone else seems to think Magni yeah. Case. When Connor wins, Connor with one end, by the way. Chris <laughs> Callahan on Twitter. Tennis dudes two twenty two. When Connor wins, do we see McGregor Masvidal next? Nope. Nope. <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> yeah, I think Connor. That what did Connor say after when he's like uh, at the press conference after he beat Cowboy, and Masvidal was there in that bathrobe, the same bathrobe that Connor wore. I like the Mayweather like open workout. What did he? He was like, oh, people love a trier, and I was like, oh, just <laughs> twist the <laughs> knife, man. Just completely no sold. Like shot him down, made him like irrelevant in like one <laughs> sentence. God damn, Connor. Yeah, that that was, to me was worse than who, who the F is that, who guy? that guy. Yeah. <laughs> it was, oh, God, you love a trier. And I was like, geez, leave him alone already. Anyway. <laughs> He's dead. He's dead. Stop kicking him. <laughs> that was, that just ethered. That, to me, that ethered Masvidal right on the spot. But yeah, that's not happening. Yeah. <laughs> Terrence Leverett on Twitter this time with former Ryzen champion on Cape in the USB now. Who's who is fighting on the Ryzen card that you see being the breakout star and going to the UFC? Well, you don't have to go to the UFC to be a star, yeah. or it would help in the eyes of casual fans. But this Ryzen card is awesome. And you know what? We're not going to say we don't watch it. Right, guys? Yeah. I'm sure we all know what we're talking about. I'm gonna- we're all going to watch <laughs> it. And we're not because our interest is more than in the negative. So, Mike, who should fans pay attention to on this rising card? Well, I think more fans are going to be paying attention to Kaya Sakura on this card because there of is. what you may be alluding to. Uh, I think people have done their homework. So in a, in a strange way, that, that video clip has actually probably helped Kaya Sakura because people want to see him <laughs> fight. And that fight with Horiguchi is just ridiculous. I mean, Kaya Sakura has two knockouts this year, and they're all via soccer kick. That's all you need to know. Google it, my friends. But there is one fighter that uh, that I am interested in seeing. Uh, Kazuma Kuramoto is fighting on this card. He's fighting Tayo Nak- Nakahara. And th- before his last fight, he was 6-0. and or seven and zero with seven finishes or, or a whole bunch of finishes undefeated, really good guy. And he lost his last fight to a, like a 22 fight veteran in the second round. It was a one punch KO at uh, one of the Shudo 2020 events. So he's fighting Tayo Nakahara. Who's got 23 pro fights. It's an interesting matchup, but this guy is exciting. One of the, the best Bantamweights in Japan. He's pr- probably like a top 20 guy, like in that region, but very exciting. He's a finisher. He's fast. He's dynamic. So he's a guy that I would pay attention to. I'm not sure if he's on the main card or not for Ryzen 26, but uh, yeah, he is. He is. So that, that'd be a guy, like, if, if you're looking for 
like an up and coming guy who's in his like mid to late twenties that could do some damage and is exciting to watch. That's one guy I would put my finger at. Did you guys know that we keep talking about these YouTube fires and this and that and everything? Did you know Kai Asakura is in incredibly is an understatement he is an old a shockingly successful youtuber in japan mm, for real he, like, oh, like, he, he has video like blogs 600 he has like six hundred thousand subscribers he is a he's i'm willing to bet a lot of people discovered mma because of his youtube channel he's a really he's a huge star in japan especially because of youtube he has his like videos I, on? uh his, his own youtube channel is like it no? But is I, it like related, or is it just like lifestyle? I think it's a little bit of everything. Like he's, uh, he'll like go, he'll like confront guys. Like I think he has like MMA fighter confronts drunk man on the street, or like, and then he'll do like <laughs> vlogs too, or something, stuff like that. But successful YouTuber fighting for a, a title against who many consider one of, if not the best fighters outside of the UFC. Um, a lot of people consider him he could be the best bantamweight in the world he could be the best flyweight in the world like i think the fact that dj demetrius johnson is fighting 125 135 i think i put him maybe a step above but 2021 that might be different but yeah georgie horaguzi for kaya sakar effing rules anyway casey you were at the last rising show this is the first time you're not in tokyo slash vegas in a long time yeah i know you're gonna watch but what other fights are you excited on this card for well, I was I was just thinking like I gotta take a little nap. I gotta make sure I take a nap this afternoon because I think the opening yeah. ceremonies and like <sighs> Ryzen's New Year's Eve card is without a doubt, without a freaking doubt, but the highlight MMA wise of my year. Um, it's just uh, it's just an amazing show. No one does it like no one does it as big as they do. Um, obviously, the main event is super awesome. It's a rematch, and I just can't wait for that main event. Return of the return of Kyoji um, after his really bad knee injury. Um, uh, shout out to Mike Brown spending two weeks in quarantine Seriously. in Japan. <laughs> so um, I'm hoping I'm hoping also, he takes a couple days to go to Wrestle Kingdom. But um, let's sorry. also not forget Masvidal has said that he thinks Kyoji Horiguchi is the best fighter at ATT. Like Masvidal has, Jorge Masvidal has said that. So for those of you who just think just follow the ufc and want some sort of like it's great for us to talk about it and be excited about it because we're gonna watch it no matter what but like for like say what you want about hori maswell not fighting or fighting whatever he's a phenomenal fighter and if a fighter of his caliber thinks that kyoji horiguchi is the best fighter at att who which is one of if not the top gyms on planet earth like that should that should get you excited right there also i just looked up kai's channel uh to get the official like name of it it's just kai channel and then backslash and i i don't read japanese so i can't read it but all of the titles are in japanese so i can't tell you what they say but it's like <laughs> 3.4 million 1.1 million 900,000 so i can't quite i don't quite know what they are but there looks like there's photos of him playing volleyball there's him holding a giant pizza so i'm assuming he eats a huge pizza it looks like he plays dodgeball against some guys uh it looks like he eats a bunch of whole chicken nuggets next to his dog uh, so yeah, you got you get a lot of everything. <laughs> Kai Asakura's YouTube channel. So go watch uh, after this. Go watch. Go find Kai Asakura's yeah. YouTube channel because it's very successful. And um, also, so people are asking. Um, someone, uh, I think that I think the fight costs twenty dollars. Is uh, uh, I think it's Fight TV. I'm not sure, but it's, like, it's twenty bucks pay per view. But man, it is about a, probably about a seven hour experience. The whole thing. And it's just so good. I mean, freaking tensions fighting. Good 
lord that's fighting um t- the very opening of the card um freaking minimal man's back who's mr kind of pro wrestler yes. minimum like just seeing minimal man live it's always fun and um and there's a lot there's just a lot of japanese talent on here that i'm just not familiar with to be honest because it's just we have so many freaking fights to pay attention to over here so this is just an excellent chance just to see that there's there's a lot of MMA in the world, and um, it's just it's, the presentation is so different. I'm just, it's the best. It's the best. It is the best. And it's in a ring. Oh, God bless him. All you need to hear is Casey say the opening ceremonies begin. Yeah. Opening yeah, right. ceremonies. Yeah. They also let, like, when MVP fought on Ryzen last year and he walked out with his Akatsuki, not just an Akatsuki outfit. Like, he had the headband, he had the robe, he had the throwing knife in his mouth when he run out. And uh, I asked Roxy about it because she fought on the January pay-per-view, the Connor card, when she fought Macy Barber, and she was like, that was the, like, she couldn't, she was, like, freaking out over it. She was like, I want to do that. But the UFC won't let me. (laughs) Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 200 or 2 million, or whether your team is around the corner or on another continent altogether, Atlassian Software is built to help keep you all on the same page from start to finish. That way, every one of your teams, from engineering and IT to marketing, HR and legal, can stay connected and move together as one towards shared company-wide goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another question from Terrence Leverett. Who is the closest to being a realistic new champ? would be an improvement for the current champ meaning they would stay active and keep the division moving mm. i feel like the only division uh, that's really not moving that people are openly complaining about is like heavyweight so if to, i think i think welterweight just True. because because no one burns is happening but like at least we have some sort of idea of who's gonna fight who we just don't know when but yeah heavyweight would be i think if france was champion he'd fight a lot <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And he's angry. So even though he's fought Stipe before and lost, he's pretty frustrated right now. <laughs> I wouldn't want to face an angry Nganu, personally. I agree. I agree. Other than that, a lot of we have a lot of quote new champions as it is. Like Jan just won the title. Volkanovski just won the title. 
uh, well, he's supposed to fight Ortega, but we don't know when. Like, Izzy's the middleweight's moving up to fight light heavyweight. So, a lot of things need to happen first. So, I guess maybe heavyweight, but I'm not, I'm not saying Francis would be a better champion than Stipe. He just might be more active, if that's what you're asking. What? Yeah, I think if I think if Gilbert Burns beats Kamara Usman, he'd that's be another true. guy. That's yeah. very true. He'll that, fight like that a dude day. wants to fight every week. <laughs> yeah, I was in Jacksonville when the Jacare Uriah Hall fight fell out, and Gilbert Burns like I'll fight Uriah Hall because he was there to corner. <laughs> oh my! <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> Excellent production, you know, Casey. It was Perfect bound to timing. happen, and I'm surprised it hadn't happened before. <laughs> can you can you point your mic to toward you, Alex, and not the cat? Thank you. There we go. <laughs> well done. Which cat was that? Adela. She lives up to her name. <laughs> oh. Wait, what what UFC title fights are booked right now? Or pretty much um, in the works? Megan Anderson or Amanda Nunes, Megan Anderson. Champ first. Uh champ, the featherweight champ for women's. Is that it? I think that might be, that's it. Might be like the only one that's like that's on it. the books. That's kind of yeah, kind of wild. We I have mean, a lot of like I mean, like we know we know Figueroa Moreno are going to rematch. Like we well we know Jan and Sterling are going to fight. We know like all the, we know these guys are going to fight so and so. We just don't know when, and it's not like I, I don't think anyone's put pen to paper yet. Odd, odd. I mean, they're, they're, like Bohovic, Adesanya, we know that's coming. Yeah, and we, we know or we know we know we know Volkanovski Ortega. Um we know Usman Burns. Uh we know Stipe Francis. We uh, like, like the Wiley Rose Carlos Barza uh the, that seems to be they got to figure that situation situation out too. Flyweight, who knows? Like who knows who's next for Valentina? Who's next for Nunes at Bantamweight too? Yeah. I think if they screwed it up when they had Holly fight Aldana, mm-hmm. yep, yeah, I wouldn't well, hate Holly it. Should if, fight, if, if, Holly should fight their enemy. That's the fight, and then the well, winner I fights Nunes. Or... or if they just make that, if they just make Amanda featherweight, have her stay at featherweight, and then make that for the vacant bantamweight, I wouldn't hate that either. Ooh, Darby Crash on our YouTube comments is hating on me, dude. Mister Life goes on. Darby Crash, come on, Mr. Punk Rocker. Jeez. You don't if you don't know Darby Crash is, Google him. Um, I want to answer this one. Oh, where is it? I like this question. Oops, I'm gonna get rid of that. Tristan yeah. <laughs> Gordet has asked a question on the site, Twitter, and now YouTube, man. God, God, this I, guy is dedicated. He's DMing which me. Fighter, <laughs> which fighter surprised you the most for 2020? Also, which fighter do you think will be, have a great year in 2021 that no one is talking about? I think the fighter that impressed me the most, obviously, Kevin Holland. I didn't expect him to knock out Jacare. Uh, the other fights, like Buckley, Darren Stewart, like those fights, like obviously – I thought he could easily win. Him knocking out Jacare shocked me. Um, any other? I, who was who's our top five breakout fighters? Was it Samayev, Holland, Buckley? Who else? Who did I have? Chaos Williams. Chaos. And 
Who the hell was the fifth one? Oh, uh, Yuri Prohashka was the fifth one. Mm-hmm. Right. My, oh, let me find it real quick. My breakout fighters of the year were were um, uh, Shemaev, number one, just because I'd never heard the freaking dude before. Uh, Yuri, number two. Uh, Kevin Holland, Biggie Smalls, and Charles Oliveira. But but the answer, but the question was like surprise. What 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 what? what I know. That's what I was trying to think of who surprised. Kevin Holland surprised me. Kevin Kevin Holland didn't surprise me because um, I knew I when he fought Tiago Santos and he went to the decision and fought a very competitive fight. I thought I was like, dude, this dude's legit. He's gonna be very good once he has a full camp and everything, and just just grows into being a a full time fighter. But um, him knocking out um, Jacques Ray the way he did was super surprising, not, not actually winning. The fighter that surprised me the most in 2020, though, was um, uh, Jan, Black- Jan um, Blachowicz. Blachowicz? Just because I thought he was a mid-tier, top yeah. 15, lightweight. There was, so I read, I reread my, I wrote the 2018 or 2019 uh, breakout star of the year for the site, and at the time it was Izzy because it's when it was his first year in the UFC, and he went like four and zero. And then like number two was Aaron Pico and Tatiana and uh, Volkanovski, and I think someone else because there was like a tie for fifth. Oh, Anthony Smith, I think might have been two or three because mm-hmm. that's when he had that incredible run before he fought John. I wrote things like, "Yeah, Javelhova just still a light heavyweight." That should goes that goes to tell you how shallow <laughs> that division is right now. And man, like two years later, he made me he made me my words. But Jan was a good one because I brought this up a thousand times, even to Dom and Jan, that the UFC wanted him to lose to a lot of fighters so they could use the winner to propel like Rockhold, Jacare. Um, Dom, like Corey Anderson, and he's just kept knocking him off, and then eventually now he's the champ. A fighter that I completely forgot about being a breakout star that I really, really impressed me because I didn't think he'd be here at, at this point uh, was Marvin Vittori after he beat Jack Hermanson. I completely forgot about him he's on my there, breakout sure. starts. Yeah, because I was sure. there when his fight fell out in Jacksonville, and I was like, that sucks. Like, why doesn't he fight your eye hall? They're both middleweights. Um, <laughs> and then to, to finally fight Carl Roberson, and then to get the quick, and then to step in against Jack Hermanson, going from a three round to a five round and win. And now we might fight Darren Till. I think, yeah, he, blew, he, he really surprised me. He showed me that he is an awesome, awesome, legit fighter. Do we... My surprising fighter of the year, Glover Teixeira. Good God, what a year that guy had! And he's still not going to fight wrong. for a title, which is absurd. Absurd that he he's could. not fighting for a title. He could. Like, would you? He pick... better hope Jan Blachowicz wins, beats Israel Adesanya, or he ain't fighting for the title anytime soon. True. Glover's so freaking good. He's so he's so freaking good. And this is I, his best. This is like his best year. This is like the best, like the best he's looked in his career. Yeah, like he's yeah. just finishing everybody. Like he's finishing durable guys. Like no, there are very few people who thought that he was going to beat Thiago Santos, and he did. Like it did it impressively. The guy should be fighting for a world title, yeah. and it's just it sucks. Like it's he's going to be kind of ignored in 2021 because th- there should be no other fight for him. But I just don't see it happening, unfortunately. And he's like he's like seventy. It's like, yeah, it's crazy. That's crazy too. I, I, yeah, 
just uh he's awesome but unfortunately uh he doesn't he won't he's not gonna he's not gonna go yawn you suck you know all that stuff you know he's not gonna say you know whatever john jones you know eat my butt you know he's just not gonna he's not gonna he just that's what the ufc wants man you know they just want guys to say crap you know and um unfortunately he just lover is just a really actually he's a great fighter who i I, yeah i completely don't expect him ever to fight for a title again he needs to bring in like paul Heyman or something to to cut promos for him vicky vicky smoss Who's he got Walid right next to him? Walid's great. I know. I know the media. We like to complain. Oh, that's not. That's not Figgy saying that. That's Walid saying that. But in terms of just selling fights, Walid. Walid gets that. He'll. He'll. You know. He gets that part. You know. So, and uh, and, it, and fans don't care. <laughs> Alex, who's your surprising fighter of the year? Um, the first name that came to mind was Mackenzie Dern, and then the second name was Brandon Moreno. To be honest, I didn't think that he would um, at least even get to the title this year, let alone fight to the title to a draw. I mean, that's kind of awesome. That's a great story. Mackenzie Dern is a good one, really good one. I think yeah. the Hannah Cyphers fight, I, the Cyphers fight and the Marcos fight didn't surprise me, but the Jandarova fight, like her yeah. just all of a sudden just going in like crazy. Because when I said when I called Mackenzie Dern the winner of that one before it happened, I believe Casey <laughs> thought I was crazy. <laughs> And said, "Have you seen the last three John Deroba fights?" Yeah, I have. Hey, I, it was, was the Mackenzie Dern. That was fight of the night till the main event. It was a very competitive fight. Yeah. She broke. I mean, she she. What impressed me the most about Mackenzie Dern, though, and this is, I, I I really mean this too. She took a she took a whooping. She she broke her nose. She 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 got in a, a gritty fight that wasn't really what what which I I guess we haven't seen her in that type of stand up stand up war. And she and she got and she got pieced up and she pieced up Jandaroba too, and the fact that she came out of that like okay and, she, and winning the fight legitimately in a competitive fight, um, yeah, it's like okay Mackenzie Dern she she can fight she she is a fighter you know not just not just someone if she if she gets you to the ground no you watch out she's she's yeah, a she's a she's a, a, she's yeah, a tough yeah. yeah she's a fighter she's a tough lady she went she she fought through um, uh, uh, stress broke maybe broke a nose so um. No, I'm, I'm excited about Dern. I'm, I'm still, I'm still in the Jandaroba train though. Don't, don't, don't. You watch out, so. <laughs> That's Mackenzie Dern doesn't. Mackenzie doesn't already have another fight, right? I don't think so yet. Yeah, she does. Oh, what fight Nina Ansaroff. Oh, Nina right. Ansaroff, April tenth. Right. There you go. That's isn't a, it? That's isn't a great fight for Dern. Alex? That's smart. That's smart. We was that Nina Ansaroff and Tatiana Suarez both fight on that Chicago card. And Nina had a baby, <laughs> and is now and is back before Tatiana Suarez. Yeah, that's wild. That's crazy. Hey, ha- having a baby is easier to get over than having a pinched nerve in your neck, <laughs> or whatever she's got. Is like, it a pinched nerve? It's it's she has neck. Uh, it's, I mean, the neck injury. She has, no, it's neck. It's severe neck injury. Yeah, yeah. She, from, from wrestling. I don't know what the exact yeah. situation is, but she can't shoot for blast double leg takedowns, which is yeah. like her thing. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna give the Tito anyway. thing. You know, she has a broken C64. You know, or whatever Tito used to say all the time. Shoot, man! Why didn't we mention Tito as best trash talkers in MMA? Oh God, <laughs> the best trash talker in politics right now. Uh, all right. No, he's not a politician. Didn't you hear? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. What's that? What's that Twitter account that always posts the Tito clips? But uh, full contact, like MTW yeah, or something Gina, like that. I mean, yeah, yeah. Out. 
What a, it's such a fun rabbit hole to, to take a trip down. It really is. That Twitter account is doing the Lord's work. I love it. <laughs> doing the, Sometimes yeah. I wish they would link back, but yes, I agree. Yeah. That's true. It's God bless them. It's so a nice him. aggregator site. Yeah. Twi- account, I should say. Oh, uh, oh, second part of the question. Which fighter do you think will have a great year in 2021? That no one. Mm-hmm. Who's gonna be our breakout star? That no one's talking about. Who will be our breakout star this year? Leon Edwards. Boom. Ooh, Jed. Jed will love that answer. <laughs> Man, um, AJ. Uh, well, you MMA wise, I'm going to AJ McKee. I think you That's will. That's a real I good think, one. I think you will. Win, I think you will win the tournament. And then he could be champ at the end of the year. Yeah, I think he'll win the tournament and go yeah. for 55. Which means he might fight Pitbull twice. Who knows? That'd be really crazy. Which, which, which he might, he might fight um, uh, 40, uh, the, the, the champ. He's still double champ, right? He's still, yeah. I think because I, I, Scott Coker said uh, Pit, Patricio might vacate so his brother could fight for it. He could fight both Pitbull brothers back to back. Go 2 yeah. 0 against the bros. Either yeah. one. Yeah, either way. And, and I, I wouldn't I, hate. And Patricio could go to 135 and get that title too. <laughs> um, who, but who, UFC wise, who are we thinking? Who, like, wait, man, I, I used to want Font, to, is a, Font is a good answer. Rob Font is a good answer. Casey Kenny could be a good answer if he beats Dominic Cruz. Casey Kenny could be a wicked good answer. Yeah, you're not wrong. Merab and him eventually fighting again. I think Merab and. Casey Kenny could be like Poirier Holloway where they fought so early in their career. And then later on down the road, it's like a much bigger fight. Yeah. I felt the same thing about Shane Burgos and Calvin Cater though. And that could still be a big fight. The breakout star of 2020 in the UFC will be Manel Cape. I knew you were going to say that. I was waiting for you. (laughs) Hmm. We'll see. That Pantoja fights. Hopefully that That happens. February I mean, but but look at me, like we have we have Hazmat this year. Like we didn't even I think we didn't even know the guy existed a year ago. So who like yeah, who knows? Who knows? Oh you know what? Maybe yeah. that oh, who's yeah. that who's that dude that beat Charles Oliver in Fight Island? That, that oh Alex Oliver? No, oh, Alex Alex Oliver. Oliver. sorry, Alex Oliver. I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. Alex Oliver with the, the I think from Kazakhstan. He looked amazing, yeah. but we only saw him once. Yes. So, with the wolf hat. Yeah. Uh, do do do. a couple more. What we got here? Any word on the return of Ice Cream Crone? We all knew an all stand up Fairwood Cub wasn't going to end well, but Crone held his own for a BJ BJJ guy versus a good UFC vet. Hashtag the A side. I've heard nothing. I know our own Guillermo Cruz before this pandemic happened was just beating his head on a wall for the UFC to book Crone Gracie in Brazil. Like when they did that pay per view, when they when they announced the pay per view in Brazil, it was supposed to be Aldo and or it was supposed to be Cejudo and Aldo. I think it was in Sao Paulo. He's like, Chrome Gracie, make it happen. Every single Brazil card, he would call for Chrome Gracie to be on. And so, I don't know. I have literally no idea. Me but I haven't heard anything from this camp. He takes long gaps though. I I don't think we're gonna see Chrome back in the in the UFC. I think I think that that's kind of done. Uh, um, his gym, Crohn's um, uh, jiu-jitsu gym down here is closed. It, and it closed before the pandemic. So, um, hmm. 
yeah um I, I heard yeah i heard he's he's not he's he's just not he's over the mma thing i think you know gave it a shot and you know he saw the limits maybe and um maybe if he's not in your contract anymore we might see him fight you know a one-off like in in japan or one or something like that but um i, I really don't think uh i think i, I think he's done in the ufc unfortunately unfortunately it was, it was, it was fun yeah. to watch very interesting interview too because he, you could he doesn't watch the sport I kind of love because because he yeah. he right because he fought on the first ESPN card and I had to write this story about so I interviewed all the fighters at media day like what do you think about fighting on ESPN he goes didn't even know that was a thing until right now and I was like that's interesting and it just caught me off guard didn't know how to re- had zero didn't I had zero response because I didn't think anyone would say that I always think it's interesting when like high level fighters or even any any professional fighter they just like. I don't watch this like uh, like Robert Whitaker when he, for the last media day when they were like, "What do you think about Anderson Silva retiring like next week?" He's like, "Is he? Yeah, he's fighting Uriah Hall." Oh, is he? He's so like, <laughs> yeah, he's like, "Is he?" He's like, "Well, I beat him, so okay." Speaking of people who are gonna have a great 2021, Whitaker needs <laughs> his friggin' belt back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I hope he's active, man. He's so he's such a good he's so fun to watch. I don't know. I heard from a certain promoter he doesn't want to fight. Oh, yeah, right. right. I'm just saying. Rats. Rats. <laughs> <laughs> Four corner sports. Is this the fight to make game bread versus Leon? Highly doubt. Mizell takes the fight. That's not pay-per-view, main event, or co-main event. And it's a response to Leon Edwards calling out Hori Mazdal. Not happening not happen yeah it was the fight to make in like march of 2019 and it never yeah. happened so it's the ship's kind of sailed at this point they're not, they're not gonna fight unless the title's on the line yep not happen and not the bmf title thumbs out destroys colby changed my mind i don't care <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> oops uh, sure. uh wait, 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 like my my official answer to that is maybe maybe it's um, a fight colby's it's a fight that is a fight <laughs> as ak lee said that's a fight i like say what you want about colby's like what he says and how he acts and how he carries himself and portrays himself dude is an unbelievable fighter an unbelievable fighter like he could be the second best welterweight in the world he could be the best welterweight in the world in this new camp and he said we he fought Usman and he he changed camps after, so and that fight is one of the best fights of 2019. Like I don't think we'd For all sure. disagree. Yeah. So you won't be shocked if Colby Covington is the welterweight champ at the end of 2021. No, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be more surprised if they rebooked that fight, but I wouldn't be surprised if he wins. If they fight ten times, they could each win five. I also okay. think if Hamza beat Edwards, he would just like leapfrog everyone. <laughs> I mean, at the end of the, if Colby fights Mazadal and wins, his next fight will be for the title. Like it has to be. You, I don't care if they just fought in December of 2019. Like Colby's next fight will be I for agree. the belts if he beats Mazadal. Yeah, you're not wrong. All right, this last question. Oh, where'd he go? Is for a certain panelist in particular? 
Max Elkakui Holloway, what contender series alumni from this year are you most excited for? I'm assuming this is for Mike because he covered <laughs> the contender series yeah. <laughs> for the site. God, there's I mean, there's so many. I mean, I, I think coming out of this year, I, I would say how could Jordan Levitt not be at near the if not at the top of the list, near the top of the list? Because I feel he was my favorite he was my favorite fighter to come off the contender series this year. Yeah, I just I, it's got to be him after a slam KO win. Doesn't matter who it was against. I feel I feel like his stock has risen so much because of that. I think people are starting to see his personality, and there's a cat who also seems to like Jordan Levitt. So that's a good thing. Oh, big big fan over here. <laughs> big Jordan, big Jordan Levitt fan. Um, yeah, I mean Levitt's got to be at the top of that list, but there's there, there's a lot. I mean, I, I'm really I'm actually I'm really excited to see Cheyenne Bays make her UFC debut whenever that happens. I thought her performance against Hillary Rose was outstanding. She's got a great personality. She can talk the talk. Uh, I think the story with her and her husband both being in the UFC at the same time. I'm sure, the UFC is going to try to capitalize on that, put them both on the same card for their debuts. Um, those are two off the top of my list, but I mean, what do they sound like? 40 freaking fighters this year so there's a lot to choose yeah. from yeah Levitt's my Levitt's my guy mostly because I was at his fight and we talked about Stephen King at the press conference and I was like oh did you just make Team Jose probably <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if Levitt's the guy but I, I love his personality and um, I wish him success I, I, I enjoy fighters like that and I enjoy just just different different types of dudes in this sport, you know, not just you know the same, you know, the same story, whatever. Like, I just like guys like that, so it's gonna be fun. Uh, uh, is he is he booked? To get, is he booked? In that no. fight? No. So weird. Sometimes he's got baby. a baby. Having a baby. Yeah, good for him. Congratulations. Yeah, he uh, announced it at his contender series. By oh mistake. yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> It's funny. He's like, yeah, me and my wife are having a baby. Oh, we haven't even told her mom yet. He like, he like, <laughs> or something like that. Uh, um, we've been talking a long time. Yeah, we an, hour have, an hour and a half. Yeah. It's not like there's media day this week. I promised yeah. a giant sized episode. We had a giant sized episode. So are we, are we wrapping 2020 Casey? Well, we, uh, yeah, we've done all. The, I've gone through all the questions. We've talked we a long got. time. Yeah. Um, doo, doo, doo. Oops. Got to take a nap for Verizon, buddy. Yeah, I got to take a nap. I got still got a little work all to right. do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We answered everything. Yeah, all right. Good. Yeah. This is a wrap for 2020 on the A side live chat. I'll let you guys promo whatever you want before I say something. Mike, the floor is yours. Plug whatever you want to plug. Uh, happy New Year, everybody. Thanks for checking out all the content this year i will say i'm very excited for on to the next one to drop on sunday because me and ak we've already recorded it and it is a comprehensive preview of 2021 where there's just been a bunch of questions that have come in over the last several months from different listeners about just like kind of buy or sell questions leading into 2021 some of them are absolutely ridiculous and interesting so me and ak talk about that we predict who will be champions in the ufc who will be fighter of the year male and female at the end of the year and then we come through with our burning hot take of the year which both of our picks are outlandish they're both outlandish and they probably will never happen but if they do we'll be i mean we'll be heroes no doubt about it but that drops that's gonna drop on sunday it's, uh, it's good stuff. Thank you all. Happy New Year and uh, Godspeed, everybody. Casey, what you got to say? 
man, I just want to actually thank all of you, the fans. Thank you. I really, I really mean that. Um, yeah, you guys um, kept watching. I know we've had a lot of craziness in this world. This year sucked. Um, it sucked. Apparently, it was good for the UFC business-wise. <laughs> but uh, it sucked. And, um, yeah, it was a tough one. And um, a lot of big changes happened this year. I didn't travel 90% of the year. I sat in this chair 90% of the year. So that was exciting. But, um, man, just um, I'm hoping 2021 is a better year. And I'm um, just excited about um, our MMA fighting team. Now we got Mike Heck here. We got Jose Young, Alex Savas, the other... Alex, um, man, we just got a lot of. I like, I like, I like our team. We're hard workers, and we're um, it's exciting. Um, I'm just hoping 2021's better <laughs> for the planet Earth. For planet Earth, yeah, just in general. Alex, how are you signing off 2020? I gave you two promos <laughs> to take up a promo. <laughs> Wait, what? No, in true Alex Savage fashion, I have no promo. Happy New Year. Be good to each other. Jose, take it away. Here's what I'm going to say. And I tweeted something. I tweeted something. <laughs> yeah. I tweeted something. <laughs> wait, wait, hold on. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. It's, oh, my uh, God. <laughs> that cat. Night. <laughs> Staring right at you. Okay? Good Lord. Lord. I'm blinking. I think I'm a goner. I think he's after us. Seriously. <laughs> anyway, I'll say this. I said something similar to the when I was I tweeted about comic books a few days ago, and I'll kind of reword it for this. Um, I know when Connor fights, we have we get a lot of fans that only watch Connor fight, and a lot of MMA fans they get very protective of the sport that they watch. Like, so I don't want to see any. Oh, you didn't watch Jack Hermanson versus Marvin Vittori? Then you're not a real MMA fan. You know what? If they want to watch Connor fight, they're a fan. They might not like, they might only watch Connor, but at least they're watching. So I don't want to see any gatekeeping with mixed martial arts in general in January because you know it happens. We've all seen it. Anything that gets people in the door to watch MMA, I'm fine with. I know a ton of people who got into MMA only because of Connor. And you know what? They stayed. It's not like they left. So no gatekeeping in January. I don't want to see any of it. Let people enjoy what they want to enjoy. And if you disagree with what they say or they say something that is incorrect, like, oh, I want to see Connor fight Stipe next. Like, just be nice and correct them and say different weight classes. Don't call them names. Let people like what they like because at the end of the day, they're not affecting your life. And that is how I'm closing 2020. Let people like what they like as Esther Lynn runs in the background. Anyway, for Jose, that's Alex, that's Mike, that's Casey. We'll see you in 2021. We're out. Logan Paul, Fighter of the Year, 2021. <laughs> just saying it, just gonna, saying it. I will be here. We're going to have a great year. <laughs> You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. With the NBA Finals around the corner, you can bet with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get a no-sweat bet up to $1,500 if your first bet doesn't hit. 
Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. One no-sweat bet per new customer. Issued as one bonus bet based on amount of initial losing bet. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. From data privacy to the future of TV, retail media, and beyond, the world of digital marketing is constantly in flux. So how can you keep up? Well, the current report is there for you. Each week, marketing leaders on the cutting edge give you the latest insight. So if it's creating a buzz, they'll be talking about it. Subscribe to The Current Report wherever you get your podcasts.